carry on looking at this gift that God has given to us, the How Much More Heavenly Father, who gives good gifts and the Holy Spirit to them that ask, that we read of Jesus speaking about in the New Testament. And we're looking at this gift of pastoring that includes everyone. This is part two of that series. And uh, we're going to look at 1 Timothy chapter 3 as we look at the requirements. What are the requirements uh, in order for us to be able to be set apart to lead in the body of Christ, to pastor and care for the people of God, this great honor and privilege, which I've thanked God for for so many years, uh, allowed to look after, be a lead elder, a visionary elder in the body of Christ. I've loved it. Um, it's an honor and a privilege, and I've never ever wanted to take it for granted. I feel like so privileged that God allowed me this gift and, uh, and, and office and function, just such a wonderful God. So we look at 1 Timothy chapter 3 as a wonderful example of uh, what I'm trying to share this morning. It says here in 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1, Here is a trustworthy saying. If anyone sets his heart on being an overseer, an episcopos, he desires a noble task. Now the overseer must be above reproach, the husband of but one wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own house or own family well and see that his children obey him with proper respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He goes on to say in verse 6, he must not be a recent convert or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. Now, I just would encourage you to push pause and then move to Titus chapter 1, verses 6 through to 9. Read them for yourself. And then 1 Peter chapter 5, the first 11 verses. Please do that. One, Titus 1, 6 to 9 and 1 Peter 5. 1 to 11. Here we, now we look at these requirements in order to qualify for leadership. Things we need to look at before we release people. So here they are. First of all, this is the way I'm going to put, I want to put it. They are consistent. We look for consistency. Consistency. And, and there's a few things to what I mean by consistency. First of all, they are an example. 1 Timothy 4.12, Titus 2 verses 7 and 8, that they are an example, that people can follow us and they even have to imitate our faith. Be an example is what Scripture tells us. <clears throat> Secondly, <clears throat> we need to be faithful. If you read Luke 16 verses 10 to 12, uh, it's a passage that's so often ignored, but is essential for leadership. And when you read those few verses, you'll see that, and, and you read them for yourself, please, that the, the, the following principles or truths come through. Faithful in small things before you can be trusted or entrusted with bigger things. Faithful with money or mammon before you can be trusted with spiritual things. Faithful in serving another. 
being faithful with another another person's uh, people before working on your own and then be entrusted with people of your own. This is so essential for leadership and especially if we're going to be visionary elders or church planters. We need to be faithful, faithful to each other, faithful in the small things as well as the big. This is all part of consistency. This is consistent faithfulness, consistent example, a consistent good husband, a consistent good father, a consistent consistent respected person. All come out of this 1 Timothy 3, uh, Titus 1 and uh, the, the Peter, uh, 1 Peter 5 that I, I asked you to read. Consistently gentle, consistently free from the love of money, as 1 Peter 5, uh, 5 2 tells us. The reason is why? Because God is going to entrust us with very much. 1 Timothy 5, 17 tells us that. Um, the elders that rule well will be uh, are worth double honour, etc. They must be consistently hospitable. Consistently self-controlled. Consistently disciplined. And consistently an encourager. Read Titus chapter 1 verse 9. So first one then is that we need to be consistent. The second one is we need to be committed. Committed. We need to be an example of what it means to be committed. In other words, submission. Titus chapter 1, look at the verse 6. And committed to church attendance. Not just when it suits us, when we ask to preach. We need to be consistently committed to church attendance committed to standing by and supporting other leaders, even when the decisions made by the corporate togetherness eldership, we're not fully in agreement with them. Unless they violate the scripture, the word of God, or your conscience, we need to be committed. And also committed to operating in the gifts of the Spirit, all the, the gifts of the Spirit, and so we could go on. So we need to be committed, an example of what it means to be committed. And then we need to be caring. Proverbs 27, 20, uh, 23, Exodus 34, verses 1 through to 16. Read those for yourself. We've got to be caring. We've got to show care to the flock by visiting them, counseling them, praying for them, being available to them, uh, weeping when they weep, enjoying and and. Uh, rejoicing with them, etc., etc., and then we've got to be so. Just following on from what I'm saying there, we've got to be hospitable and available. There's always the danger when we get into eldership of becoming quote professional and then aloof, or being, and then sometimes we're abused and taken for granted, and those things can happen, and that can cause us to withdraw from the people. So keep forgiving and being forgiven and keep caring. And then also, well, maybe I should just move on from there. Those are some of the things that I believe are absolutely essential uh, for requirements to be an elders. Can I just say this quickly before I move into the, trying to finish this message off? Apostles, when they in their own local church are generally... Elders. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1, Peter writes this, and Peter was that great apostle that Jesus actually said to him, and upon this rock I'll build my church. 
that flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Peter says this in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1, To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder. Now, if ever anyone was an apostle, it was Peter. But Peter, based in his church, said, I appeal as a fellow elder. Right, quickly moving on. I want to just give us a few biblical examples, mainly by giving you scripture references, making a few comments here, maybe reading one or two of these references, about biblical examples or expressions of good pastoring, good shepherding, good ruling, good leading. Read Psalm 23 from the lips of David by the Spirit of God, inspired by the Spirit of God, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Read it on. How he leads us, he guides us, he cares for us, he protects us, he prepares even a table for us in the presence of our enemies that our cup should run over, and surely that goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. This, Just read that for yourself. When The Lord is our shepherd. From Jeremiah chapter, chapter 3. A wonderful example of what it means to be a shepherd. Verses 14 and 15, 15, it says that God wants us to be shepherds after his own heart who will lead with knowledge and with understanding. God's own heart, lead, take them into God and his will for their lives. Knowledge, know what God's doing. We need to know what we're doing by knowing what God's doing in our midst. With knowledge of his will, of his ways, of his word, of his wonders. And all of it in his word, all of this is found in his word. And then he says this also, not only with knowledge, but understanding. We need to understand and discern the times, the seasons, when they change. Like the sons of Issachar who understood the times and knew what Israel should do, as you see in 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. And then there's a wonderful picture in Jeremiah 23, verses 1 through to 4, from Ezekiel 34. I, I just wish we had the time to read all of these. Ezekiel 34, verses 1 through to 25. These are how God shepherds, God our our, the, the great shepherd of the sheep, the Psalm 23 shepherd. This is how God does it, and this is what he wants us to be. So Ezekiel 34, verses 1 through to 25, from Jesus' own life, found in John chapter 1, verses 10 through to 18. And in John 21, that was John chapter 10, verses 1 to, through to 18. And John chapter 21, verses 15 through to 19. And then what we read a few times through the study from Paul in Acts chapter 20, verses 26 to 28. Take care of the flock which is under you, which Jesus bought with his own blood, etc. And then from 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 to 4. So just remember this, all of us, those of us who are in the office of shepherd and those of us who are, just, who are sheep but that can help with the pastoring, all of us, sheep and under shepherds, under Jesus, we all have a shepherd, and that is Jesus himself. The Psalm 23, the John 10, 11. And he provides for us, he protects us, he equips us, he opens doors for us, he leads us. We follow, we obey, we serve, we worship, 
we love and we constantly always put him first in all things can i say this happy pastoring happy pastoring enjoy this gift that god has given to us all calling us all to play a part in caring for and for us all sheep and shepherds thanking god for the sheep thanking god for the shepherds that god places over and together sheep and shepherds thanking god for jesus the great shepherd of the flock which he purchased with his own blood we belong to him while we belong to one another but he owns us we've been bought with a price we're not our own our bodies to be are to be the temple of the holy spirit the dwelling place the place where god's worshiped from inward here praising god worshiping him working for him all out for him while we do that thank god for all his blessings now i'm going to pray again for you father how can we thank you enough that even while we were enemies lost with our backs towards you jesus came after us the good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep help all of us in every aspect of sheep and shepherd shepherding together help us to be willing to lay down our lives for your flock help us to be more and more like jesus help us to obey the promptings of the holy spirit the nudgings to care for each other to just go that extra mile to just make available what we have that we see other people need when they're in real need help us to live in a way that glorifies you makes people hungry for more of your care your shepherding your love your life and give us a rich harvest of souls all of us as leaders all of us as sheep all of our churches a rich harvest of people coming to Christ ongoingly till it comes to that place of the book of acts acts 2 where the lord adds to our church that part that we're part of daily those who are being saved that there would be like the book of acts great multitudes coming onwardly ongoingly to christ and effective caring pastoring so that the sheep are kept in our, our churches until you're ready to send them out to plant other churches and serve you in other roles elsewhere around the world that we won't be just losing sheep because we were bad shepherds but be good shepherds in jesus name I thank you now for everyone that is listening to these words now and down through the years in Jesus name amen god bless you